Hello and welcome to episode 32 of Something Inventive. Uh, today, Al and I will be talking about uh, lots of things. We've got some follow-up on Gutenberg, uh, WordPress Gutenberg's, um, the Gutenberg editor. Um, we, there's a little article about BBC and how iPlayer is looking to woo younger viewers. I picked up a nice article from Jonathan Pollinger looking at his social media predictions for 2019. Al's got comments on web design trends, logos and other bland things called Blanding, I don't know what that means. I point out an interview with Dwayne Forrester, a guy I interviewed recently. Great interview, lots of full of lots of information. Anyway, back to the top. Hello, Al. Are you are you well? I'm great, thank you. Yeah. Good. Hard to believe it's well already past the midway mark of January. I know. I don't know how that happened. There we go. I found that last year, this was uh, the first two weeks were like my critical time of the year. It's where it was most slowest, and I felt that I got the most done. After this point, it just runs away with itself and it disappears. <laughs> So the first topic, I just wanted to touch on something we looked at in episode 31, which was Gutenberg. We were talking about what Gutenberg is in relation to, to WordPress, how it might affect things and so on. It hadn't launched at that point, but it was just about to. And it launched um, either the day after or a couple of days after we, we went live with the, uh, with the podcast. Al set up a dummy of uh, Gutenberg and has gone through and basically appraised it, pros and cons and... Uh, um, just just really for our clients, so we can advise what will happen when they swap over. So we've got um, a great blog post, which was um, which we put up um, as soon as we could just after. Was it last year? I've got. Uh, in fact, let's share my screens because I can do that now. So that was put up last year, really talking about the, the pros and cons and why maybe you should just wait to update to WordPress 5 until you've read our article. So. We just talk about what it is. We give a little preview there, what it is you need to do. If um, if you're not ready to fully embrace Gutenberg at that time, it can have some effects where your existing content won't be editable. And we did actually have it with the client, which we don't support, and they up updated to WordPress. They hadn't seen our blog post. And the web website was actually fine. There was no problems with the website. It was still rendering correctly. It just, um, they couldn't edit anything. Uh, in there because the new editor had popped over the top. If that's the case, if anyone is finding that, Al's found that there's a plugin called Classic Editor Plugin, which is available via the WordPress repository, which you can install. And once you activate it, it will hide and remove all traces of Gutenberg from the editor. So it basically takes you back to where you were, but you've got all the security updates of WordPress 5. There's another one called Disable Gutenberg, which is independently created, which does a similar thing, but I think it's got a few more options and stuff on it. I haven't uh, actually had reason to use that yet it, it was just a, a little update really certainly nothing to worry about with wordpress 5 i mean it's, it's wordpress is the same as ever it's just that this particular editor that they've put in would cause a lot of issues for people if they weren't sure what was going on just have a look at our article just go and search for wordpress 5 so moving on what have we got next on the list we have the article from the bbc so let me pull that up here this is actually an article that um, my wife was reading and I, I spied it over her shoulder i don't generally delve into the actual news papers and it was about BBC uh, keeping shows on iPlayer for a year to woo younger viewers and I know this is a particular bugbear of mine when iPlayer will leave something on for a very short period of time I know that we were talking about we will remember them uh they will never grow old or something like that they won't, yeah they won't grow old yeah. and it was a film that was put together using old World War One footage and it was only available for seven days and Al just hadn't got around to, to looking at it I think that's that's a big cause of concern for a lot of people and some people won't even uh, support the BBC through paying the license fee because really they other things like Netflix as an option here. So, so I read it, read it on a different article. I really don't know the choice of image with that headline. It doesn't look, it doesn't read well. It just, 
they want to woo younger viewers with with blooded faces it doesn't yeah do you think do you think that is that that is an image of um that man is portraying the bbc yes <laughs> no it's just a big which is like that uh, runaway hit but I, I think they should have chosen a better image to be on there for 12 months well that's fine but then why not keep it on there like forever apart from mm -hmm. the storage issues it does for me highlight that the, the, the licensing model doesn't quite work does it to have a license to own the tv a lot of people don't really watch the tv they watch everything on catch up when they want that it's on yep. demand that, that's not really going to work they're going to have to move to this kind of monthly payment model like everyone else because people expect it and in the same way as when you log into on your tv or, or on um device onto onto iplay you have to put mm -hmm. in your license number and i've had to do the license thing somewhere else and get billed once a year for it except you can do it by direct debit every month but it doesn't work like any other payment system because you pay they don't want you to ever be in arrears and so you have to pay the year that you switch to uh, direct debit you pay for that year and the following six months of the next year really i've never found yes. that are you no, on you some do. crazy payment plan no that's how, they, that's how they do it yes so they don't want you to ever be behind yeah they won't let you just pay as you go it's very much pay in advance mm -hmm. and they haven't got out of that the first year that you do direct debit you pay more per month than you do the subsequent years yeah and it, it's not a great incentive is it no. and it's not like you can cancel it like anything else it just got to change the way they do it. I guess it's a leap. It's a massive leap of faith. And one year when they do do it, it's going to be very hard for them to do budgeting because they're not going to know how much money they're going to have. But at the moment, they've got compelling shows that do encourage people to keep subscribing to it because there's some great BBC only shows. And um, uh, if, if you catch them in, in time. And even though the BBC, in theory, wouldn't have to pump out any quality shows if they're just charging you for only TV, they do. And they are of great quality and they're brilliant. Um, but I'm wondering how much is a how much is a license uh this is it 170 currently is 150 pounds for a color license I, I added a bit on apologies looking about uh 12 pounds 50 per month so it's, it's, a, it's a premium subscription it's, service uh, yeah. no, if people so. saw it like that they're kind of used to uh, spotify is like 10 pounds a month people saw the bbc as that and wanted to buy into it uh then all the better if everything is digital then bbc get a really good tracking of like what people are watching and when uh whereas you know right now they kind of guess, don't they? They have those little top, set top boxes on things to know viewer numbers of stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, but again, that's slightly outdated, I would imagine. And and, and again, oh, yeah, so I, I mean, I for one will keep will stay subscribed because I need need me some eat well for less. So I, I can't get that sort of program anywhere else, as far as I can see. Before we go on to Jonathan Pollinger's, I thought let's let's slip in a quick um, sponsorship read here. So this is for our new uh, website concept called Inventive People. And basically the rationale behind it is that most business owners I meet just need a little help getting stuff done in their business, bookkeeping, call answering, event management and marketing. So we've launched this new service called Inventive People to do just that. And I think of it as an awesome collective because the people who are part of it are awesome. Of creative, technical, marketing people who um, are ready to help you with the most common marketing promotional tasks. And we're always adding adding more as and, as and when we come across anything which can be sort of wrapped up in a nice, neat mini project, then we can put it on Inventive People and it becomes much easier for people to buy. So for example, if you need a blog article written, maybe some website updates, some new staff photos or a case study video, then uh, definitely check out Inventive People. And as you are a listener to this podcast, you'll get 20% off the first order with discount code Inventive Podcast. So I'm just going to take you on a quick rundown to see how that's going to work. So basically, let's say we want a case study video. We go into video production and we've got Claire here who's uh, managing these. So actually, here's uh, here's the mini project for that client case study video filming and production. Great. So we've got the base price there, which is nice. 
We can go in and then we can pick how much filming time we want. So do we estimate it's going to be half day, which is typical, I'd say, for most projects, and what video we want out of it. So I'm going to say a minute. And so we can add that to our cart. And then once we get to the cart, we can add multiple items into there, go to checkout, and then we've got our inventive podcast code. We can just pop that in here, apply that, and then we get our 20% discount on that checkout. Follow it through. You can either pay by credit card or direct bank transfer. We'll put you straight in touch with Claire. You might go via me for a little bit of project management. Otherwise, it's directly to the person who you'll be working with. So that's it. That's all I'm going to say on Inventive people. And now we'll move on. So the next on the list is uh, the social media trainer, Jonathan Pollinger. So he, every year, does a uh, social media predictions. And so these were his for 2019. And I... I always have a look. It's always quite interesting. And one thing I should do with um, Jonathan, because I know him quite well, is actually go back to the last year um, of his predictions and see how how his predictions turned out, see how true they were. I'm hoping to catch up with Jonathan soon. I might do that. But I'm just pulling out a couple of um, items here that I thought were interesting. And one of them is he uh, believes that uh, Facebook and Twitter will split up or will be split up. So the government will intervene. They're an item. <laughs> um, yes, the, the way he's put that there sounds as if they're the same company. I think what he means is that Facebook, the business, will be split up into different business units and, and run as separate organizations. Because at the moment, it's a rather large company, controls a rather large amount of the internet population. Uh, controls maybe is a strong word, but they certainly have um, hooks into. Mm. And so he's believing that the government will force them to split up to some degree to help increase competition and to reduce their strength really in the market and to uh, prevent some of the abuse that has has happened in the past. Certainly may still be going on, but uh, who, here's, who knows? Here's a question. What government would do that? it's a worldwide thing the american uh, I, I don't know i'm just commenting on what jonathan's got here just raising the question because no. you know it's worldwide isn't it uh, i'm going to butcher this and i haven't got the materials to hand but i know that companies who want to produce a phone and want google services on there have to also include the play store and abide by their these terms and conditions and they're saying that's anti-competitive that you're not allowed to do that. There are lots of reasons behind it. I will try and find more articles to explain. But the uh, European Commission have are basically fining Google over that, or at least uh, looking into that issue. Uh, and there may be forcing them to sell Google Play Store. So rather than giving it away for free, they're saying, well, you've got to split it up. You can't have these rules on it when you impose it because it's anti-competitive. So you'll either have to sell it or give it away or, or you know, find some other way around it. And they're forcing Google to do that, which is uh, essentially a, an American company. But they do have a European presence. So with Google, there is a European commission who are either have or are looking at Google in terms of this, their, their behavior with the Google Play Store. Again, I, I'm... I haven't got the information to hand, but they're doing something very similar in the, in this case. So it's not necessarily going to be a government. It could be like the European Commission or some other body where it's like, well, if you want to play in this in this organization, in this country, in these in this um, continent, then you've got to play by our rules. And and once they start doing that, you know, Facebook have to split up in one country. It might be that just as easy that they do it elsewhere. I don't know. But Facebook, as so, I understand yeah. it, is, is one massive monolithic application. Yeah. As I understand it, in, in uh, yeah, and I know Messenger got separated from it. So, that's, well, that's interesting, isn't it? And also, he talks yeah. a little bit later about Twitter dying a natural death, <laughs> or old Twitter, which is interesting. So, here we go. On Twitter, a new news app will be spun off, thereby leaving old Twitter to die a natural death. Oh, is it dying? I don't know. Is it? Twitter well, as it? far as I can see, Twitter is very much stagnant. 
Um, it's not. It's neither growing nor nor declining. Um, I haven't checked the numbers recently. I, to be honest, I haven't been interested enough to check the numbers. You know, they've been out of that game. They serve a very different purpose to Facebook. To be fair, I was speaking to a woman recently, and she's not on Twitter, not interested in Twitter. They don't have it as part of their business. It's very much Instagram, Facebook, potentially LinkedIn. But even that's quite minor. So uh, that's quite interesting. I think Twitter's quite good for celebrities, isn't it? And things to, be able to kind of communicate with celebrities and see what they're doing and stuff. But uh, even though if something's not growing, that doesn't mean it's not successful, does it? No, no, not at all. I mean, it really depends on their business model, whether they're happy with the money they're making from it. It may be that that is just the natural level for Twitter, that it, it's not going to go any further. Uh, with Facebook, they're going to have many more users um, and now many more active users. But uh, essentially, the percentage of active users may be lower. I don't know. But also, Facebook is a different proposition. Facebook is lots of different things. It's, it's some way you can post information. It's some way you can get news. It's some way you can communicate with friends. You've got groups on there. Uh, I think one of the only reasons I use it is for a local kickboxing group. And I don't use it for anything else. But they're on Facebook, so that's what I have to use. It's very much a commu social communication tool, which can also be public. Whereas Twitter, I feel, is much more, at its heart, public communication and um, discourse with other people. Yeah, so here's a comment. Let me see if I can find it. Augmented reality will become commonplace in 2019. Consumers will be able to visualize the new leather sofa in their lounge or new sunglasses on their face. And I, I agree to a certain extent, but I'm not sure it will be quite commonplace. I think that's possibly that a year off after that. Maybe he sort of means it'll lose its novelty a little bit. Have you ever used the yeah. Teeklo app? I can't say it very well. It's this kind no. of Scandinavian shelving company. No. You can design and design and build your own custom shelving. Imagine if you went into IKEA and just said, "I want, I want some shelves, but I want them all like this." <laughs> you can basically do that on this app and point it at the wall where you want to put it, or in the middle of a room, and it will just build it, and you can walk around it. So it's augmented reality, on just on your phone. And this has been around for a little while. It's absolutely yeah. unbelievable. You can add in extra um, shelves wherever you like. So you can just build literally a custom set of shelves. Think, oh, how's it going to look there? And you mm -hmm. go, yeah, that's right. And then you just do order and then it comes all flat packed, exactly what you ordered. I mean, that's amazing. But I suppose over time, that's going to become more normal. Uh, the Dulux app. So you can mm -hmm. point it, you can take a picture inside your house of the wall you want to paint and you can choose the colour paint you want to do and it will paint the wall in that colour. It's a bit like a very primitive kind of like, you know, um, select and then fill on Photoshop. <laughs> so, but live. You can do one that's a video and it will kind of color it as it goes. Or you can do like photos and it will color it in. And then you can kind of compare different pictures. Again, it's not perfect and it doesn't replicate really trying the paint there, but it's a good indicator. Well, and they certainly can help to help because some people do struggle with visualizing that. I think most people do. And so it can be very helpful to see what that lamp looks like in your rooms. I uh, saw an AR game that I downloaded called Wonderscope, mm -hmm. which is uh, for slightly younger kids. So it's like a kind of storybook sort of tale, but it plays out on any flat surface. So you point your phone at someone like on the floor and then this sort of storyteller will pop out and then uh, all these things happen. Oh, well, yeah. And, and it's it. it's AR, so you can walk around and get close and it, it stays in that position and you can buy different books. So there's like one that's like, um, he's like a daredevil racer on a bike. And so he'll do these mad jumps and he'll on your floor. So he'll make these ramps, then he can sort of do jumps on his little bike. It's amazing. It, I mean, called? I really was amazing. It's called Wonderscope. It's Wonderscope. so well done. Yeah, you should look at it, look check it out. I think it's free, and then you buy the book. So the first one that I got, I haven't bought a book yet. I still haven't done the whole story of, of Wonderscope. That, that that's it. I'll play. I don't know if anyone will be able to hear the audio, but we'll be able to see what's going you get on. This. Oh wow! And it does look like that. It really is astonishing. Not to encourage like loads of extra screen time for kids, but 
Okay, so you wanted. So what we're looking at here to subscribe for people listening on the podcast is um, we're looking at augmented reality. There's children that playing with a um, uh, their iPad, looking at cartoon characters appearing in front of them. And so what I find, and I see the kids doing this, is they'll look behind the tablet. see oh it's not there and and it's almost when I've done that you know it's disappointing because you have all this sort of wonder in front of you on the screen and you can see it in your living room or in in your bedroom or wherever you are but then you you look to the side and it's not there it's not real what's good about this you can see in the video is the kids move around so they're not just sat on the sofa they're actually without realizing it doing exercise yeah one one area we have um used with uh, max um is stargazing so i've uh, if we if we're out and he sees something up in the, in the sky we can use uh, i think it's called Skyview, and it does actually the, have the augmented reality overlay but that's that doesn't really matter because you can't see much at night anyway even if the stars are quite bright they don't come through the camera but it's the fact that it overlays them as you're um wherever you're pointing the camera so if you do see that bright star up there you can look up and say oh actually that's mars or that's saturn uh, and we've, you know, it's been it's been really nice because it's educational for me because I don't know all the stars, so I look like a great daddy because I'm I, I can actually recognise what they are from from this app. Busted. I think there is a is a lot of augmented reality out there. I think the reason I was hesitant on commonplace is because you still generally need apps for it. You need to go and get an app to be able to run that. Uh, I know that the iPhone has this embedded is it called USDZ format where now they have a preview app for augmented reality or for 3D objects, which can be overlaid. So they've got, they've got everything in there in place and in place. I'm just not sure that system will become commonplace because then you don't need any other app. You just fire it up and uh, you can get the object directly downloaded from the internet and have it interactive without having to have anything else. It's amazing technology, which we sort of take for granted and it's complicated. I don't know, you know how these things are, program it's, it's, it is amazing it is I, I was actually and I, I was going to mention this then but i'll bring it in now i was talking to uh Dwayne forrester who uh is the vp of industry insights at yext and he he was talking to me about voice search and structured data so that's actually quite current and useful it's things you should be implementing but then we were talking about augmented reality and he was going on about ready player one the film i don't know if you've seen that al i haven't seen um, that heard of it yeah, I, I've actually watched part of it. Uh, frustratingly, I had to go to bed at the time and my, it was on my brother's computer. He disappeared and I, I'm like midway through the film. I need to watch it. But that is very much all about virtual reality, not augmented reality. But it's so real that you just spend all your time. And it's it's both fascinating and quite scary at the same time. If I mention that link now, if anyone is interested in listening to that, and it's, it's a really good um, interview if you're interested in the structured data side of things and how to get your content ranking and voice search, or you're just interested in the augmented reality side of things. Um, just look blog for a recent uh, interview with Dwayne Forrest. Um, can I just also pull up one other thing that Jonathan said, which was he was going to predict a, a growth in audio with podcasts becoming more, more popular. And I can only celebrate that fact. Thing. And, and of course, sponsorship in audio as well. I mean, I've anecdotally seen and heard that growing in terms of the podcasts I'm listening to. I think podcasts as as a type of media are quite interesting because they have they're not under any central control. You have the iTunes podcast directory, but that's all it is. It's a directory and it points you to where the, the podcast is actually hosted. But it's not like YouTube where you go to YouTube and, and they host all the content and you can watch it all there. Or um, what are the other streaming services? Um, there's the Gamer one, which I can't remember. Is it Switch? Oh, um, Mixer? There, there's, there's lots of different places. But you would go there to consume the content. So you're under their control. The nice thing about podcasts is you can choose where you host it, just like a website. And then as long as you've got it in the right directories, people can find it. So it's a very um, 
social medium in that way. But anyway, thanks very much, Jonathan, for those. And I'll see if I can catch up and find out how your 2008 predictions went. 2018 um, even. Oh, yeah. Right, moving on. Um, Al, you've added some items to our list for uh, trends for 2019. So um, I'm going to hand over to you and I'll try and share the screen as best I can to yeah. mirror what you're looking at. Well, let's look through it because I've only had a quick glance at it just because it's the beginning of the year and I thought the social, there's like social media predictions. So let's look at like some web trend. So yeah, scroll down on there. So yeah, it's just um, looking at what the trends are. I know last year it was very sort of gradienty, and again, people are guessing. Oh, I like that style. Yeah, that so that's, like, really a, that's nice. like a 3D sort of style. That reminds me, of, it's a bit, looks a bit like an animation, doesn't it? Like they'll literally walk around. It does. It, it, if I can describe it, it looks like vector artwork with which has then been uh, extruded slightly to give it some depth. It looks almost looks like a still from a you know a Pixar animation. Yeah. So that's that's yeah 3D illustration. I guess if your company suits that, then that's that's great. If we keep going yeah. down, have a look at some other ones. I'll keep going past that. We're going to come back to logos in a minute. Outline type. Again, some of these things have always been popular. I can, you can mm. I can really tell you a time when outline type wasn't a thing. But there we go. And there's some interesting one about okay brutalism. Yes, Why is so it very brutalism? bold. There's a good one down there which is like on uh, organic shapes. I think that's not far off if you scroll down. I quite like that. So quite opposite to brutalism, I guess. Mm -hmm. Here we go. Sort of organic shapes, lots of curves in the background, like puddles of water and things like that. They're really yeah. nice and really easy on the eye. And uh, yeah, I can see a lot more. Those, that one there, I really like if you scroll down. Again, no good if you're listening to an audio, but I really like that. Yeah, so or... so this is much more fluid in terms that it's got, um, rather yeah. than being a square image, there's a lot of rounded edges that sort of help crop it into the main article. It's part of a web page. Everything's very soft. You don't have these hard edges to things. And actually, no. even when they've got pictures of the app, they've got lots of images behind it to soften it. I mean, that's yeah. that I've seen before. But it's, uh, Yeah, this... it's like an anti-grid. Oh, Although that is a grid, yeah. it doesn't yeah. look like a grid. Yeah, um, I can see the grid there, but it's uh, definitely yeah, it's growing. really friendly and also illustrated as well. So there's although some screenshots of things, it's kind of illustrated. Yeah, so those things are great to do, but you really it's not somewhere you can do the site and then add in the content, add in the pictures later, which we sometimes get. You can't. It's the whole thing. And you'd have to commission that artwork or if you can find something that would fit. So you've got to commission that. So you've got to be pretty confident in what you want. You can't later go, oh, no, it's not quite right. It's going to be mm. quite costly and time consuming. So you've got to have a really good vision and also really, really agree in the business that that's what you want to do. And let me just bring up another example. It's slightly different. It's just much more illustrative almost. Um, so this is what we use as our project management system. They've had this uh, in-house uh, sketch style for quite some time. Mm. I never liked that title. We've been expecting you. A bit creepy in some ways. But they've had this in-house style, which is very much sketchy, which has developed over the time. This woman features in it. And generally, not on this page, where is it? They're using a lot of the sketch style. So they've got elements from their user interface in there with sort of sketch bits over the top they've got um, ripped pages rather than straight lines again yeah. slightly organic i guess you could say yeah i can't find any more i thought they had loads on there but uh not the case <laughs> let's go back to this so the page one at the moment is uh it's talking about more adventurous and vintage type the example it's got is mailchimp and actually their, their designs changed quite a bit actually and it looks nice I, I came across this the other day and i saw this sort of really bold yellow background it was like that is lovely and then the sharp black stamp of the mm. logo on there is just brilliant i was taken by this bird animation i'll just try and describe it you've got this little these hands sort of flapping uh, which turn into a sort of a fat little bird trying to take off the ground 
uh, growing into a bigger bird. Then you had a huge bird with huge wings soaring. And I assume it's the sort of metaphorically talking about your business and how you, you start off. But it's just a lovely image. And that style's really nice. And it's very custom drawn illustration, simple black and white, scratchy looking, lovely. And the font looks sort of almost 1980s. Mm. That was in a book in the night. It wouldn't look out of place in the 1980s. Vintage yeah, type. Nice. It, does look, it does look like that. Yeah. So what else have we got in here going down these other other ones here? Modern now, this is as far as I've gone. So this is all new to oh, me okay. as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that does look old. Some of these styles. Now, I remember this sort of this. Um, actually, it's under uh, CSS Star Grid. Uh, see, what we've got here is the image it's presenting is a very much angular 45 degree layout. So you've got text at uh, 45 degrees or then 90 degrees to each other. And I remember that style back when I was um, doing more graphic based work. Really quite contemporary at the time. But in fact, this style has been around for a while. That wouldn't look out of place on an album cover. Yeah, yeah we're getting to a, a, other, other stuff now, diving off the end of the design aspect. So let's, let's <laughs> go back to the top. So there was an area about uh, logos. In fact, you want oh, to come back to OK, it. yeah, so logos. So if you click on one of my other links up there, the Instagram one, yes. So this thing I saw on LinkedIn just by accident was somebody just posted this image and I just managed to find another copy of it and they were just saying that they were not doing graphic design anymore and that they were quite glad that they weren't because everything had just become the same and these are like <laughs> recent logo changes describe these for the listener al okay so they are some i guess in cosmetics and clothing quite like fashion brands so the classic uh, fashion brands like Yves Saint Laurent, uh, burberry belluti or again all those sort of things i don't buy they're very um all their logos are very different from one another have mm. some of them are serif fonts the baluti one especially i really like it it just looks lovely um so lots of different types of fonts basically some uh, italic oldie worldies font sizes i call them and they've all kind of redone them rebranded or changed it and now they all look the same they're all capitals they're all quite bold and they're all in a, like a sans serif font and if yeah. you look at it, you just think the same person had done all of those logos they are very similar very similar style quite boring they're I say in fairness the Baluti one still looks the best but I prefer their old logo it's timeless that it's ri- again it's vintage you look at that Bal- the original Baluti logo you can just almost like see a street like a part of a Parisian street with old cars in it that you, you're right theirs actually looks most uh, distinct they've they see I don't know what well, I'm sure that that may be a typeface or it could be custom designed but it has much more about it whereas you yeah. look at Burberry I mean that's not distinguishable that that could be I'm sorry, but anyone could. Very dull. Interestingly, looking at the Balmain, that has come from an outline font to an effectively this infill aerial style, very simple font. I wonder if it's going to move move away again. But you're right, yeah, it actually has. They've all migrated towards the uh, the common denominator. I call it a modernization. Mm. So how, how sad. If you remember, we were talking about a website where they analysed, I think, ten different logos. And we're looking at the evolution of them over time. A lot of them had actually simplified. I'll see if I can find our article here. Yeah. And I, I agree with that. In some cases, you do want to simplify over time. You want to take the essence of what makes your logo recognizable and stand out, which could be, in some cases, the... A lot of those sort of big brands like Burger King and Adidas and so forth. That, that one where the people had to draw them. Branded in memory. There we go. How people remember logos. So oh. if anyone's really interested, a very, very good uh, website, actually, to have a look and see what makes um, logos recognizable or what people recognize from logos. Let us just take an example here. I remember Starbucks was quite striking. Um, let me find that one here. So we can see that um, these are all the different logos that people drew for Starbucks. And then you can look further down, you can see the evolution of the Starbucks logo. So you can see where it started in 1971. It was quite ornate. And then it went to a very uh, logo, which is much more familiar in terms of the color. So rather than brown, it went to green. 
uh, but still the same shape and the mermaid in the middle, but the mermaid was more stylized. And actually over time, that mermaid has become the prominent feature. I really um, want to change it to the hand-drawn one at the bottom that got the best mark. <laughs> if they were brave, they'd be like, right, this year, they're like Google, have different logos. Right, this year, it's going to be this, drawn by, you know, someone random <laughs> with a little mark. Yeah, in fact, they've done that, haven't they? They've, uh, I love it. I absolutely love it, yeah. They've, they've actually got an image of a coffee cup with one. all the different logos. Someone thinks it's a dog. And that, yeah, other people think it's a robot. I love it. It's so funny. Yeah, no, it, it's it's uh, <laughs> certainly good to know. back the dog. Um, yeah, great website. So what else? So let's go back to to this. You also then, had something on ninety nine designs. Yeah, that was back on other web trends and stuff. So we can maybe going backwards there if we talk about mm -hmm. that. Uh, black and white. Yeah, that's something. Yeah, on a Chrome. Do you know I love black and white? It's really uh, <laughs> if you've got some rubbish photographs, putting them in black and white and then sort of bumping the contrast up can can make them look okay. <laughs> you can recover some really poor photographs sometimes. It's quite striking looking at some of these images we've got here. The, the images actually stand out um, a lot more and it allows you to sort of put these big points of color or splodges of color over the top. Mm. And here's another example of really nice organic shapes. Love that. Yeah, sort of fluid yeah. design, very graphic heavy. Really true, really got to think ahead. Glitch art, I've not seen really, I've not really seen any of this. Have you seen any of this? I haven't seen wow. So this, I've, I've heard of the term glitch, not glitch art. It's looking, well, they've got a very sci-fi uh, view of a Blade video Runner. going down, like Blade Runner going down an alleyway. And I don't, what do they mean by glitch? It yeah, here we go. So, oh, that developed one is lovely. It's got this almost cylinder of text rolling around. Oh, that's that's beautiful. I don't like the font typeface, but that's me. No, it, it's not nice for your eyes. You can't read it, but it, as an art piece, it looks like. Oh, I mean, yeah, absolutely. You get a real sense of place with that one, if that's the right phrase to use. Oh, so these are nice. So these are these little additional touches. Yeah, as it is, they're hover touches. So as people are hovering over these women's dresses, the background, it almost looks watercolour a little bit. Uh, and you've got these little, are they mouths? Yeah. Okay. They're little mouths with a tongue coming out of them. Licking. And yeah. And little hearts were there. And, oh, that's their logo if you look. Oh yeah, I see. So that makes sense. That's quite nice. So what that's doing is really sort of attracting and it's focusing on that and saying uh, on that particular thing you were looking at. Yeah, it's a nice style. Yeah. But again, that's, you know, that really takes you outside of a lot of the functionality. If you were to put that into a standard WooCommerce, Shopify, um, Squarespace, um, e-commerce site, that's going to be quite interesting to achieve that effect um, in terms of putting putting that on there but that's what differentiates you that's what can help yeah. give it make it quite fun and playful chatbots evolve interestingly and that's not out yet i was talking to a guy magnus uh, this morning who is a marketing automation consultant we were talking about chatbot how they're evolving and that they need to become better they need to become they need to move away from either just bots which are trying to identify what you're interested in and then supply that content or bots that are trying to chat to you they actually have to be much more like humans who are trying to listen to your problem and try and find real answers to it and not just sort of push out content so this yeah it's a, it's a big deal to be able to get chat bots that can actually actually be useful to us an increase of those and, and i'm just reading that there um they certainly uh, say well the technology is you know, only going to improve and there's just a lot more people that want answers or or to chat at any time of the day you know it's not yeah. always 
nine to five or maybe you know for like, to replace a call center or something well absolutely and we we've uh, we were talking about it um many shows back now about uh it's the importance of time to response and how that can affect your your chances of having a meaningful conversation stroke sale with with that customer now we're, we're we're going to be running long a little bit is there anything we uh anything we need to look at to round off this segment um not really it was just a sort of trail of of thoughts on this bit so um no i don't know i've got any sort of major conclusion or, or revelation at the end <laughs> so okay so the one thing I want to pull out of here, and you've you've dropped it in the notes, is blanding. So I'm going to pull it up. I haven't looked at it. Oh, is it this? Is that what you were talking about? Going branding, so this going is coming to the local, right? Yeah. Blanding. I like yeah. it. I get it I, now, right? I, with, I can't take credit for that. It's quite good though, isn't it? <laughs> and there was also blanding. another article you, you pulled out. Oh, that was uh, sorry, yeah, logo trends. Yeah. So there's another logo trends here. We'll make sure that's in the notes, but we don't have time to look at it right now. Yeah. Oh, that's lovely. So that's like a, it's a company called Surge and it's got this wave-like little symbol going over the top of that. It's lovely. Wow. I could, I could look at this for hours, but we don't have time for that. And I think that's it. We are launching something new, which we will have had our first one by the time uh, this show goes out. But we're launching um, an inventive marketing club, which we're going to be running every single month. It'll be a paid for club, but there are free tickets available. So if this comes out before the club hits and you've uh, there are still some free tickets left uh, and you're on our mailing list, so there's a couple of conditions there, then um, go and grab them. Uh, what we're hoping to do is very much like this podcast, but much more focused. It's going to be a bit invite only. People will come into the chat room. They'll be able to interact with Alan and I. We'll focus on a core topic and we'll also be able to answer questions. We'll keep it to an hour. We'll be quite strict on that. And then that allows people to get on with their day, uh, maybe take some of those actions away with them. Um, and we'll, we'll try and we'll try and focus on core topics, you know, something where you can actually take something away from it. You can feel motivated or deal with that um, later in the month. So that is called the Inventive Marketing Club. Look out for our email so you can sign up for that and, and give it a try. We'd uh, love to have you as part of our club and group and where we can have a bit more closer interaction and help uh, more people really push their push their marketing forward a little bit more. And so that'll be Al and I uh, joined by expert guests throughout the year. But for now, that's everything. So I'm just going to sign off for the moment. You can find our show notes uh, for this episode, which is number 32. That's on our website, ratherinventive.com slash podcast. Um, I'm at Ben Kinnaird on Twitter and Al is at Inventive Al. Do connect with us if you want to find out what we're doing. I know Al does post a few a uh, few times a year, but uh, I post a little bit more um, and any of the articles we put out on our blog will be pushed on there as well. The sponsor this time is Inventive People. Do go ahead and have a look at the Inventive People website and do remember that uh, there is a code available for 20% off your first order, which I am trying to find now. It's called just Inventive Podcast. So anything you buy on there in your first order, as much as you like, you get 20% off. And even after that, we've got a newbie code that you can use after your inventive podcast code so you can keep on coming back if you want to be part of the show do send in your business marketing or creativity questions for our next episode and we'll try and include those or become part of our club look out for that free ticket uh, join up and then you can be part of our other regular shows as and when so good to speak to you Al. some great topics and see you again next month take care bye boom, dicky, boom, dicky, boom, dicky, boom, dicky, boom,